started this study about superpowers, and in six out of ten, belief is the key. I believe I can fly! I believe I can fly! Superman! Superman! What arm is it? Your phone's charged. What the hell? Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you are listening to Treks and Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. This is going to be podcast 722. It is, let's see, the 31st, March 31st, 2019. I think my voice is a little off today, a little gravelly maybe. I feel okay. <laughs> Although we got, um, last week the weather here was pretty nice, uh, well, sort of spring-like. 50 degrees-ish, sun was out for the most part, but last night we had a little bit of snow, not much, but a little, and it's only 29 degrees Fahrenheit right now here in Michigan, <laughs> where I live, but you don't care about that stuff, do you? No. This week, uh, I took a week off last week, so it's been a couple of weeks, but this week um, I've been promising and talking about, I've been wanting to do a book uh, a sci-fi slash fantasy book podcast for a while. Talk about some books that I've read, you know, recently in the last year or two. Talk about some classics, maybe a little bit of, of some of my favorite favorites um, over the years. Uh, that kind of stuff. I, I don't talk about that much. I talk about comics a little. Occasionally, uh, occasionally talk about a book or a book I'm reading. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be the main part of today's show. We'll talk a little bit of, about... Um, recent TV and movies, of course, what I'm watching, what I usually, you know, talk about at the beginning of the show. And you just heard a uh, TV spot to the Shazam movie, which is coming out. Can't believe it's already coming out this week, uh, later this week. I don't know. I think some theaters have it Wednesday, then kind of Thursday night and Friday, I think is still sort of the official opening day. But anyway, that um, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, not a not a super a deadly serious you know superhero movie like well you know Avengers you know was great last year and they're doing Endgame this year but th this is lighter and 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 looks like uh, looks like it'll be a good time at the movie so that um, is what we're going to talk about today on the show and uh, let's get into it. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners. The 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. 
I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cole, and you're listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. All right, again, welcome to the podcast, folks. Uh, a couple bits of business. If you ever want to contact me, uh, treksf at gmail.com is how you do that. I um, We also have a Facebook group, Treks and Sci-Fi. You can go to the main site, uh, treksandsci-fi.com. The other thing you can do is treksf.com. That'll direct you to the main website. There's links to stuff there. There's links to the Facebook group. Uh, the old forum, which a few people are, are tossing around the idea of trying to resurrect. <laughs> um, there's this app called Tapatalk, uh, T-A-P-A Talk, that you can use to access web forums if they're set up for it, which I, which I set mine up for that. It's a, it's a real bare bones interface, though, uh, and it doesn't look as nice as the forum does when you look at it under a normal web, br- web browser, but you can access it that way. You'll need to get an account or set up if you're interested. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how that works out. Everyone seems to really be on Facebook these days in terms of groups and and that kind of thing. Uh, the you know the forum back in the day had we had a lot of people on there. We did RPG stuff. It was a good time, uh, a lot of fun. And I still I, I still participate in some good old regular web forums. Uh, I, I find it more interesting and you get into deeper discussions about things and it's a lot easier to track too like facebook the group thing is is frankly terrible there's no way to sort stuff it's just one long stream of whatever somebody comments on right and you can use the search function and try to pull up old stuff but if it's off the first page or two or so it kind of vanishes and disappears into the you know internet uh ether so it's it, it's really not good for you come back in a few days and want to talk about the latest like um, Voyager episode, not Voyager. What am I saying? <laughs> Why did I say that? That's weird. Uh, the latest Discovery episode. And, you know, I've been kind of trying on Facebook to keep a, you know, a week between any discussion of, of Discovery. And I also feel like it's a, it's a double edged sword because I, I think that uh, when people want to talk about it, they want to talk about it right away. And then when you let a week or two go by, then no one, everyone's watching like the next episode. So we never really, I have a little chat, uh, a little messenger, um, Facebook messenger. We have a little group of us that we talk occasionally about the the shows, but uh, we're all watching them for the most part pretty quickly as they come out, maybe within a couple of days. I, I usually watch on Thursday almost all the time. Uh, just because I'm excited to see it and, and uh, I want to I want to be, you know, want to be up to up to date and not get spoiled. But um, so how did I get off on that? Oh, yeah. Just kind of talking about the forum, the old forum. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is Patreon.com, Patreon.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi. If you'd like to participate there, donate a dollar or two per month to help support the podcast. That's terrific. I really appreciate that. And uh, and then um, there's a lot of videos, Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Trekkie. Uh, and there's links to these things, too, uh, online on the Treks and Sci-Fi dot com page. And that's where I put all the vidcasts that are that are done, all music videos that I do from conventions. And we're getting to convention time. I am definitely, definitely going to San Diego Comic-Con again, although I got to buy my flight. I got to get my hotel, but I have a ticket. Uh, press pass again, which is nice. Thank you, San Diego Comic Con, and which is the 
frankly, the hardest thing to get out of all that. Pretty easy to book a flight. Uh, pretty relatively easy to book a hotel. Uh, even if you have to be somewhere away from the con, you can find a hotel room. And although that there's supposed to be a hotel lottery, I, I don't know. I, I thought that would have happened by now. Hopefully, sometime soon. And then um, on convention talk, the big uh, the big con coming up in in about a week and a half is the Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, which I really would have liked to have gone to. I did not get a press pass for that. I applied, and the uh, I was basically in, I had kind of the mindset, if I didn't get a press pass, I wouldn't go. Now I'm kind of disappointed I'm not going. But on top of all that, I have this big work thing that week that would have been hard to, to would have really, really been hard to get away from this. It's a pretty big deal, and uh, it would have been hard to go to the con. I probably could have blasted off and gone there for the weekend for Saturday, Sunday. But I, I you know, if you're going to go out of town, driving to Chicago from my house, six hours about average, maybe, maybe less five, five and a half, something like that. So it's a bit of a haul, you know, you got to spend about a good day. I mean, I probably would have left on maybe Friday, driven there, gotten there in the late evening and then um, gone Saturday, Sunday or something like that. And it looks like they're having a Monday thing. When did conventions start having Mondays as part of the the weekend? I, I didn't realize that. I, I don't know if they expanded it because so many people couldn't get tickets. I, I, I hear, I just saw something online this morning that there's some kind of limited number of, of tickets for Monday. I don't even know anything about what goes on on Monday. I, I would think everyone's gone by then. All the big stuff has happened. Um, but it might be kind of cool just to walk around, relax, do a little cosplay stuff, visit the uh, you know the showroom, dealer's room, whatever it's called, and buy some things, uh, and it might be less crowded. Although I, I really thought Star Wars Celebration in Orlando when I went two years ago when I met up with um, with Joe and Chris and Jedi Jeff down there, I, I thought that convention was really, I mean, there were a couple times where it felt very crowded. When they had the big event, uh, when they released that trailer for The Last Jedi, um, and everybody crowded around this big screen, and although it was terrible because you could kind of see what the, the you could see the screen, you could see the the trailer, you couldn't hear it really. So we we all ran off and then found it and pulled it up on our phone and watched it as we ate some uh, some convention food. I'll always remember that because it was like we're at Star Wars Celebration and we can't even freaking see the trailer as it comes out. Uh, we got to go to YouTube. Uh, which is funny. It, it seems to me it would be better for them to set up some t- other TVs around or rooms and stuff like that. Or or couldn't they just sort of like, I don't know, Wi-Fi broadcast the the trailer on, on some kind of Star Wars Celebration app? Maybe well, it'd probably be overloaded. I don't know. There's got to be technology's got to there's got to be a better way to do that. So. Um, so, yeah, that's coming up in a week and a half. So we'll finally find out about what's this movie going to be called? What's episode nine going to be called? What's the title? Uh, we'll we'll be seeing. I'm sure we'll be seeing. You know, a bit of a trailer, teaser, whatever. How much they'll give us? I I think they're going to give us a bit. I, I hope it's not just a smidgen. Uh, we'll see. J.J. Abrams is pretty cagey about that kind of stuff, so we'll see how it goes over. But that is, um, I guess, it's sort of a general news sort of thing. WonderCon in in uh, I think it's Anaheim, California, is going on this weekend. Kenny's there. Hi, Kenny. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you and some of your friends. Kenny and his amazing friends, that's what I'm going to start calling that their little group. Uh, when I go to San Diego in July, 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I think I'm going to try to do a little more costuming this year at San Diego. I have a couple ideas of costumes that are not too complicated, but should be fun. Uh, The biggest thing, (laughs) I always think about this, although last year in July in San Diego, when I went to the Comic-Con for the first time, the the weather was really nice. It wasn't super hot, truthfully. I think we kind of got to 80. Uh, But when you're in a costume, even 80 in sun can be pretty warm. Like when I wore my Indiana Jones thing, uh, that was the only thing I really took out there to wear. Um, And I had that that leather jacket. And that leather jacket is pretty warm. Uh, I got pretty warm (laughs) inside of it. Once you're in the convention center, it's not too bad. It's not cool, but it's not like being outside in the sun. Uh, so, um, yeah, the, the couple of things I'm thinking of, they won't be cool to wear, but I think I have a way to deal with it. So uh, a couple of things that I want to and I might might actually break break out um, like my Malcolm Reynolds Firefly uh, costume and, and take that this time, too, because I haven't worn it in a few years and I only wore it, I think, once one day in Austin. Uh, back a few years ago, and I really like that costume. It's it's real comfortable to wear. It's not actually super heavy. The, the Mal coat that I have for that is not super heavy. And truthfully, you can kind of get away with that costume walking around without the coat on if you want. Um, it's pretty recognizable. The only trick about that costume that I, that I especially when I travel, that's a little tricky to deal with is the gun. Um, you know, maybe I'll just wear the holster and forget the gun thing. You know, it's a prop plastic gun, but it always causes trouble. And um, I think I could probably throw it into my checked bag at, for the airport and it would be fine. Um, I know last time that I did that in Austin, I mailed it down ahead of time to Jen. And then she mailed it back to me because I was sort of freaked out. I, I didn't even know if it would be a problem in a checked bag um, having a gun, like gun-like shape. Even though it's a hunk of plastic, I don't even know if it shows up how it would show up on um, their x-ray machine. So. I mean, people check guns, you know, I've seen that happen actually at the airport, you know, people who go on hunting trips and, um, you know, they have these long, long cases and they check them. And of course they're, they've got gun permits and all that. So do you pretty soon, maybe we're going to need prop gun permits, I think. Uh, all right. I'm about 13 minutes into this show. I'm going to take a short break, get some tea, uh, and then we'll come back, talk about what I've been watching movies, TV, and then we'll get into the book talk. Hey, this is Larry Nimichek, and I, too, survived the Con of Wrath. In fact, we're even making a movie about it. And you're listening to Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi. All right, I'm back. Uh, television, what's been, what I've been watching on TV. Most of the, the usual shows, I guess. The Walking Dead, uh, I wanted to mention briefly. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, for anyone who's familiar with that show... Uh, another episode with some um, pretty pretty sad things happened on it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and the season finale is is this is today is this weekend, this Sunday tonight. I'm going to probably watch the finale, uh, uh, but I might be done with this show. It's it's just not. It's like you run into a bunch of bad people. They deal with them, rinse, repeat. They lose some of the people that have been on the show. And now we're into season whatever it is, eight or something like that. And and it's been well reported in the news, so there's no real spoiler here. But the main um, the main guy, Rick Grimes, on the show, played by Andrew Lincoln, who's fantastic, who who always kind of centered that show to me. I mean, he was the outright leader, basically, of the, the main group. 
you know, he's gone now. So, I mean, they're supposedly doing some movies, movies that will be shown, I think, on television, not for the theater, that's going to feature him. But it's just gone on too long. And and I also say, you know, like these people have never really, they should start learning from their mistakes. They need to run far, far away uh, and, and just like on an island and get away from all the bad people, get away from all the zombies uh, or call it the walking dead. But it's just, um, I don't like the fact that it doesn't seem to be heading to any kind of resolution. It just, we, I feel like we've been dragged along too long. I kind of feel felt this way at the end of the, the series Lost. And, and I've, I've mentioned it before. I was kind of disappointed by how that show wrapped up. Uh, but, um, but this is just like, there's no real, you know, there's sort of progress in some ways. But ah, it's just annoying me. It's annoying me a lot more than I'm enjoying it, and it and it's um, so yeah. I probably should stop. the The difficulty I have, you know, when you're watching a television show after that this many seasons, it'd be one thing if I'd stopped in like, you know, midway through season one or something. But uh, it's it's to stop now just feels bad. But but so many of the people, the main characters, are gone from the show too. So if the same group was still there, I probably would stick with it. But um, and I get it. it. It's a show about things. Bad things happen and people uh, come and go. Uh, but it's just it's really becoming um, hard to watch and not entertaining to me. So the um, what of uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned on the last podcast, I finally started watching Daredevil season three on Netflix. I'm working my way through this season's uh, Riverdale, which is the goofiest year ever. That's a goofy show, not really sci-fi, but they're they're playing sort of a D&D variant on the show this year, so there's a little bit of fantasy element there. Um, finished up a few shows. Uh, Deadly Class, which is based on a comic, wrapped up. Crazy season finale. I hope it comes back. I think it's a really good show, actually. I, I enjoyed it, uh, but pretty wild show. That's, that's one of the more crazy out-there shows. They're not afraid to do crazy stuff. And um, The Passage finished up with a pretty crazy season finale as well. Uh, I know it's based on some books, and so that sort of talk, you know, segues into our book talk for today. But uh, the um, there's a big change that happened in the in the season finale. Uh, and uh, I heard the ratings were pretty good, so maybe it will come back. And uh, Legends of Tomorrow comes back tomorrow, which I'm super happy about. Uh, that's another CW superhero show. Super Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow are still kind of mo- moving on. Arrow's wrapping up, uh, or going to wrap up midway or early next season. It looks like some people are already kind of leaving the show. I kind of thought I read that um, the the woman who plays Felicity might be leaving before the end of the show. Maybe I don't know. It was I I saw it online. It, sometimes when you see things online, I don't know if they're true or not. I didn't investigate seriously to find out if it's if there are num- a number of sources that that guarantee not guarantee but that can verify that's true or not um I'd, I'd be surprised if she's not there but till the finale maybe she'll take a little few episodes out and maybe she'll come back for the finale but arrow though has been uh, they used to do these flashbacks as part of the episode showing oliver and his time on the island and again all this is well known and if you know the character and it's been on for seven years now or whatever not really a spoiler but in recent uh, episodes this season i think it started maybe did they start this a little bit last season or has it just been this year but anyway they're showing flash forwards where they're showing things that are in the future 
like 20 years down the line. So that's interesting and, and uh, to see how things are going to connect up. Uh, but um, but yeah, I, I like those shows quite a bit. And I, I think that's mostly it. I'm watching a couple other things on Netflix. I got to start the Umbrella Academy sometime soon. Everyone said a lot of good things about that. Uh, but uh, Netflix still has Marvel shows for me to do. I got to watch The Punisher after Daredevil. I'm liking the season of Daredevil, this third season. I think I'm only on episode four, maybe. But I, I do like um, it's it's quite a bit different than seasons one and two of Daredevil. So I, I like that. Uh, it's it's um, enjoyable. Uh, what else? Oh, I watched. Um, I guess we could switch over to movies, but it's sort of TV because I watched it just on HBO last night. But I watched that monster shark movie called The Meg with Jason Statham. Um, that was pretty fun. It was goofy. It was fun. And uh, exactly what I expected. Made some popcorn. Watched that last night. And I think that's all. I think the last movie I saw at the theater was the uh, Captain Marvel movie, which which I enjoyed great, quite a bit. Looks like uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the Spider-Man animated film, and Aquaman are both out on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K. I got to pick both those up, and I think I think that's about it for for TV movie talk for the most part. What are you guys watching? You know, send me some emails. Let me know what you guys are watching. I know a lot of people these days don't watch network regular network television. They watch Netflix, Hulu, uh, and uh, you know just things that are oh either on those networks, uh, uh, you know, original programming like Amazon Prime's got some good stuff too right now. They're going to be doing. Uh, they're going to do that Tolkien show, right? Uh, and uh, so they're, I'm trying to make my way through a couple of Amazon shows as well. Amazon Prime's becoming, I think, a, a much, um, well, it, it's it's got some really good things. And CBS All Access, actually, for uh, the uh, for Star Trek Discovery is has um, been good. You know, they're getting more things. In, and I think it's in April, so just a few weeks. I don't know if it's going to start before the end of uh, Discovery. Uh, but um, they're doing that Twilight Zone series, so that's going to be good. I, I I wanted to say just a couple brief things about this Star Trek Discovery. I am the last few episodes, and I'm not going to spoil anything. But um, I I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily at this stage of of season two if I'm enjoying Discovery as much as I was season one. Uh, the I don't want again. I can't spoil anything, but. I kind of miss exploring strange new worlds. I know they really didn't do that in season one either. It, it, it's not like even TNG or or the original series or even even DS9 and, Dis, and Voyager and Enterprise occasionally went to a planet and they'd run into whatever some... Uh, and they kind of did that once in Discovery this season, I think. Only the, only once. I, I kind of miss that, though. It, it's a very Star Trek... Or sorry, it's a very Starship Discovery... Burnham focused uh, and and I get it kind of but there's a big old wide galaxy out there at least even last year with the spore drive they were hopping around and you got a lot of Klingon stuff and and then later spoiler alert for season one of Discovery but you got the whole um, mirror universe thing so it, it's um it's just for some reason this season is is kind of been a mixed bag for me right now I mean I'm enjoying it I'm watching it I still like it a lot. It's still Star Trek. It still feels like Star Trek to me. The character stuff is amazing. The acting is amazing. But uh, 
I'm finding the storyline a bit convoluted, I, I guess I can call call it that. And uh, But we'll see. We'll see how it all wraps up. I, I, I also feel like I, you know, I need to watch the last two or three episodes because, I mean, I think I know Trek pretty well, and but it's it's really been kind of hard to follow a bit. I don't know exactly completely what's going on. It's 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 not just not not it's not the best way to say it. I mean, it's not that I don't know what's going on, but I'm not I'm not following all the little tidbits and threads and breadcrumbs we're being given exactly. Difficult to explain without spoiling. Uh, we will do probably a wrap up uh, chat. Skype call thing uh, when it's over. We've got, I think, four episodes, three or four. Uh, it will be done, I think, by the third or, or so Thursday of, of April. Maybe it's the fourth. I'll have to look at a calendar. Uh, but um, I think there's only 14 episodes this season, and there were 15 in season one. So, all right, we are 24 minutes in. So I want to spend at least a good half hour talking about books, give or take a few minutes. And uh, yeah, so let me uh, take a break and I will come back and we'll talk book talk, talk about uh, some books that I enjoy, uh, uh, a few ideas maybe for you guys and and just uh, have a little fun with that. So I'll be right back. When you're not listening to Treks and Sci-Fi and our friend Rico, please listen to the Anomaly Podcast. You can find us online at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. All right, talk about books. I've uh, I've always been a big reader. Uh, I probably am not as big of a reader these days as I was years back. Uh, most of that is just, I think, media, entertainment. Your your the time that we all have, you know, that we're either not working or back when when I was younger, when I was in school, our our free time is. is much more in demand and, and has a lot more, there's a lot more things to do. I'm doing a podcast, for example, which takes the weekends I'm podcasting, takes several hours to do, to record, to edit, to upload, um, put all the notes up, you know, all that. So I never did this when I was younger. I could sit and read a book for hours on the weekend or something during this time. The, um, you know, we all have, uh, so much media at our fingertips that I was just talking about, you know, Netflix and, and television and Hulu and, and there's so many series that we all want to watch, uh, movies coming out. Uh, and, and I read a lot of comics, for example, like I have uh, a, a little pile of stuff um, by the bed that I'm reading currently, you know, and there's a there's some comic collections in there. There are some comic, you know, comic books. There's a couple of regular novels, paperbacks. <laughs> you know, there's my iPad that has books on it. I listen to audiobooks in the car. So there's, and I still read some magazines, some actual paper magazines I read, like uh, Maximum PC, Entertainment Weekly, uh, PC Gamer, uh, Wired occasionally, a few others. So there's, there's just limited time. So for me, uh, back, I don't know, three or four years ago now, I had tried, I've, I've, I know I've said this before on the podcast, but I tried years back to listen to audiobooks in the car uh, because I, I drive a lot each day. I'm at least, even a, a bare minimum, I'm probably driving in my car two hours each day. It takes roughly an hour to get to work and, and an hour home, roughly. A little shorter, sometimes a little longer. Um, but um, 
And during that time, I would listen to podcasts. I don't listen to quite as many podcasts these days. Frankly, I only listen to podcasts of my friends, I think, that these days. Anomaly, uh, Star Wars Stacks, um, iFanboy, which is a great comic book podcast, um, Star Wars Action News. People, you know, I, I don't listen to as many as I used to. So because I'm not listening to as many podcasts, it gave me more time to, I decided to start listening to audiobooks again. Or trying it. I, I had found when I did it before that I had trouble focusing on the book. I, I uh, it was I couldn't kind of split my mind or split my brain in drive mode versus listening mode. But I've always listened to stuff in the car. I, I most of these times I'm I'm driving. I'm by myself, so I've always had the radio on or a podcast. And I thought, well, if I can listen to podcasts and and pretty much pay attention to that, I should be able to listen to a book. So I signed up for Audible, and it's been great. I, I've I've read slash listened to so many more books this way than I would have been able to by just reading them. I'm usually typically uh, I've got an audio book or two that I, I'm I'm listening to, along with a reading a book uh, as well at, at 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 you know at the house here uh, in the evening. In in recent months, I've been listening or sorry. Um, I've been reading, uh, I've been working my way through um, Indiana Jones books. There's an author, uh, you can find, um, you can find most of these still on, uh, on Amazon, but I, I might as well talk about this first as one of the book uh, things I wanted to mention. Rob McGregor is the author, M-A-C-G-R-E-G-O-R, just kind of the way it sounds. Rob McGregor did a whole series of Indiana Jones books, and everybody knows who listens to this podcast that I'm a big fan of Indiana Jones. We've only had, you know, four Indiana Jones movies, so um, with still another one coming sometime, right? But um, the uh, so I started to uh, want something more uh, Indiana Jones stuff to listen to or, or read, and I, I started to read these books, and they're pretty good. They're not super long. I would say most of them are around 300 pages i'm looking at this one here in my hand this one's not even 300 this one's like 260 um but they've been good and and they kind of i don't know if this is completely true of the series i think i'm on about book four of the series they're they're not really totally connected but they are sort of sequential uh right now indies uh, like in his early days as a college professor uh he's just kind of still starting out a bit He's still got the traditional indie stuff, um, the uh, the whip, the hat, the coat, uh, and all that. And there's typically a girl involved in each episode. In episode, I was going to say, uh, in each book, he usually has a a, a flame, a, a, a girlfriend, something like that, somebody who's on his adventures with him, which is pretty common. It kind of follows in a way the movie format that way, uh, but of course a little more in depth and involved. Um, the um, the most recent one I, I read was him going down to the Amazon looking for a, a, a lost explorer that had gone down there, uh, and and in the you know there's a lot of hidden areas down at the in this era that that no one had ever explored down there, so that was good. Uh, and there's usually sometimes kind of a mystical or magical element to these books, uh, you know, like there were in the movies as well, something that can't quite be explained completely. Um, sometimes that's stronger than other times uh, in, in different of the bo- in different books, but uh, yeah, those are fun. Um, but I, I 
don't know if I wanted to get into talking individual books yet. So let me go back to the uh, what I was overall saying about my love to read books, and I've always done this for a very long time. I can remember back in school times when I had the summers off, I would just spend hours each day reading reading books, and uh, when even when I was a little kid. I would go to the library. You know, I didn't, we didn't even buy these books. I would go to the library, which my wife, Lynn, still goes a lot to the library and gets a lot of the books she reads. I do occasionally, not very much, because I'm doing a lot of audiobooks and sometimes digital. And I still buy, I like hard copy books occasionally. So, but yeah, I would go to the library. I can remember back, you know, my mom would drop me off at the library and, I would I would get books and read them. I was I was a nerd. Total I, I don't know. I guess that's a nerd. A bookworm. That's another word people used to use. I don't think they do it so much anymore, but uh but yeah, I've always been a big reader and I loved it. It was um I think part of it was it was how my imagination worked. You know, I got into Star Trek and science fiction and, and then I started to read a lot of the classic authors like Isaac Asimov and Heinlein and Bradbury and Arthur C. Clarke and Frank Herbert, you know, and, and just hosts of them, you know, Robert Silverberg, uh, Paul Anderson. I mean, there's just way too many to list here. And I joined when I was in, I think I first joined it when I was in high school. Um, one of the things, and I still have a lot of these books around, one of the things that really got me into it uh, was this um, place and thing called the Science Fiction Book Club, which um, which was a great deal. It was like those old, they're not as popular. I think they're still, a, uh, well, I just checked actually online. The Science Fiction Book Club is, is still around, but back uh, years back, these these clubs like Columbia House for music, uh, for for CDs, or even cassette tapes back when they were a, a thing. Although I hear cassette tapes are coming back. Um, and there's even a, a shortage of cassette tape out there, of magnetic tape. Uh, but the Science Fiction Book Club was one of these deals where you would sign up for like a dollar or two, maybe pay shipping as well. And you could pick like four or five hardcover books. They were always hardcover. And you could get those. And, and you would read those. And then every month you would get one of these things in the mail. For two new selections, you could either um, get those. They would either automatically get shipped to you or you could send a little slip back and say no or order something else out of their catalog. And I did this for years and years. I had piles and piles of hardcover science fiction club books uh, that I was reading. And, and I've passed some of those on. I've sold some I, I, at garage sales. I've donated some to the library. I don't have as many of, of those. I'm not a big rereader. Uh, there are people I know out there that reread books. I don't do that very much. Uh, it's always I always feel like there's something new to read. So I don't want to go back, even if it's a book that I read years back and I can barely remember. I can remember the basics of it, but I don't remember all the detail, of course. So it would almost be like watching it again. or Sorry, not watching it, but reading it again for the first time. Which I get why people do that, because it's a book they really loved. And uh, I could... Uh, like the Fonda the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov and Dune by by you know Herbert. I mean the those those books I could definitely go back and read because I I really love those books. And there's many many other ones. I was really into Ray Bradbury for a long time and Robert Heinlein. I read a lot of that stuff. Um, 
it's a, a, a Jerry Purnell, you know, is, is another one, a great, great sci-fi author. And, uh, and of course, Harlan Ellison, uh, I read a ton of his stuff and love it. Um, but, um, but the science fiction book club was, was the way for me to have tons of new books to read at a pretty low cost. Even once you got into the club, the books themselves did not cost like a hardcover at the store would cost. They were typically half that price, give or take. And you can still do this. It looks like, uh, you know, you get uh, a couple of books for 10 bucks each uh, at the Science Fiction Book Club. And then you pay shipping or maybe free shipping. It looks like free shipping. And uh, and then, of course, they have the monthly thing. Uh, and maybe I'll sign up again for it for a little while. So that's, uh, that's my history of, of books and reading in terms of where I kind of started out and came from. And now, these days... Like I was saying, I, I do a lot of audiobooks, and and that's been a great way. And I know a lot of people do this. They go to the gym, or they go for a walk, or ride in the car is very common, of course. And some people can even do it while they're at work each day. Have a book on, you know, in their headphones or something. I can't really do that. My work is too uh, is too complicated, and there's too many conference calls and people calling me and meetings and things that I I, I can't really ever listen to an audiobook. I've occasionally tried to listen to a podcast or part of a podcast, but but generally I don't. Uh, it's it's only usually driving uh, to a meeting or driving uh, home and back. So let's see. Let's go through. I guess at this stage, let's go through the last couple of years, and I'll point out a few highlights of 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 some of the books that I've really enjoyed. And I want to. I've got it set up here too, since I do audio books. I've got it set up to play. I'm going to play little snippets of some of these books that I've enjoyed. All right. The first one that I wanted to point out, and I, I know I've pointed out this series before, but I need to do it again because it's really great. I, it's been one of my favorite book series of the past three or four years. Uh, the author, a lot of people know this author, Brandon Sanderson, uh, but he has this series called The Reckoners. There's three books. I think there's a couple of little mini books out there. I don't know if they're called mini books, but um, but this is sort of a futuristic, uh, sort of a superhero tale, uh, but a little different. Where basically the, uh, the 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 premise of it is, if people all of a sudden, some people in the world were somehow uh, through some circumstance were granted superpowers, like became Superman or 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 whatever, something uh, akin to that. The the traditional idea is that there'd be super, you know, superheroes would form, right? They'd be doing good deeds. But the, the twist in this book is that the idea that power corrupts people, that, that, you know, the thing that Lex Luthor has always been worried about for Superman is that, you you know, here's a, a being that can pretty much do anything he wants. He's, Luthor is worried that he wants to just take, he'll at some point sort of snap and take over the world. Well, in Steelheart, the the first book of the Reckoner series by Brandon Sanderson, uh, that's kind of what happens, and the 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 people with powers become bad people. They they uh, it's sort of the the idea of the premise of the book is it sort of amplifies your your darkest side of your nature somewhat. And there is a few holdouts that don't have this happen that that try to use their powers to stop them and for good. And I don't want to give away too much, but. This is a great series, and and unlike some books and some TV and some movies, I feel like it does a great job in a trilogy format of 
the first book really captures your imagination, captures your attention. It's a page turner. And then the, the second book kind of fleshes that out more. And the third book is, is, a, is a great kind of epic uh, wrap-up conclusion to the whole thing. So uh, Brandon Sanderson, does a, he's, a, he's a really good at developing the characters, giving you a real sense and a feel for the world that he's created. And I, I can't say enough good about this series. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. And I am going to play, because uh, Audible, if you use their, their site or if you don't know, they, I think almost every book just about on their site, there's a four or five minute little snippet of audio that they have that gives you a feel for not only the book and the story a bit and the characters, but the, the narrator or whatever, the guy actually reading, guy or woman, woman or man, uh, reading the book, uh, because the narrator person really has a large impact i think on on your um how you enjoy the book and some people do good with it you know some people can change their voice pretty well from character to character uh those are really good i think the the narrator for the for this um the reckoners series uh, and i'll play a little bit of steelheart for you uh, he's great uh, and i'm trying to here let me go to the main page here hang on a second i'm going to give you the uh Who's this one? Okay, yeah, it's McLeod Andrews is the guy's name, who's the narrator. And I think he does all, yeah, I know he does all three books in the series. So, um, and this first was released uh, on September 24th, 2013. So it's about a five and a half year old book, not super old. And and the other part about this that that I I feel with this series, it's great, is it's a very visual type of um, storytelling and I've heard this has been optioned to do a uh, movie series. So it would make a great movie series. It's very epic, and uh, it, would, it would be fantastic. So let me play a little bit of Brandon Sanderson's Steelheart, narrated by McLeod Andrews for you guys. I skidded down a stairwell and crunched against steel gravel at the bottom. Sucking in air, I dashed through one of the dark understreets of New Cago. Ten years had passed since my father's death. That fateful day had become known by most people as the annexation. I wore a loose leather jacket and jeans and had my rifle slung over my shoulder. The street was dark, even though it was one of the shallow understreets with grates and holes looking up into the sky. It's always dark in New Cago. Nightwielder was one of the first epics to swear allegiance to Steelheart and is a member of his inner circle. Because of Nightwielder, there are no sunrises and no moon to speak of, just pure darkness in the sky. All the time, every day. The only thing you can see up there is Calamity, which looks kind of like a bright red star or comet. Calamity began to shine one year before men started turning into epics. Nobody knows why or how it still shines through the darkness. Of course, nobody knows why the epics started appearing or what their connection is to Calamity either. I kept running, cursing myself for not leaving earlier. The lights along the ceiling of the understreet flickered, their coverings tinted blue. The understreet was littered with its typical losers, addicts at corners, dealers, or worse, in alleyways. There were some... Yeah, so I hope it gives you a little feel for the book. Um, That's the main character that you're hearing in the book, and yeah... It's really good. So that's the first from the Reckoner series, Brandon Sanderson, Steelheart. 
the uh, a couple of uh, areas that Audible is is really pretty good at, and and I, I wanted to point out is they have a, a great group of, of Star Wars novels, uh, audio um, productions. I'm going to call them. Uh, and also Star Trek as well. Let's talk a little bit about Star Wars. There's a book, uh, Star Wars Lost Stars. I know Star Wars Stacks covered this. They liked it a lot. I liked it, and uh, I wanted to point it out here. It's it's a good, it's uh, by Claudia Gray, uh, and uh, I'll play a little snippet for you in a minute or two. But, uh, yeah, the Star Wars books are kind of a special thing to listen to because the, and the, some of the Star Trek books do this too, but... Some of uh, some of these books add a lot more to the production. They uh, there's you know some audio effects, there's some music, uh, and it's more than just a person reading a book. And I wanted to point out that uh, you know if you're a fan of Star Wars and you've never really gotten into the books, Audible's a, a great way to do that. And and I know the the Christian and Joe you know and Star Wars Stacks talk about this all the time. I think mostly they they usually listen to the audio books. Uh, versions. I, I don't think they they you know just read the print copies very often. I think they're mostly doing the audios. But um, but let me play. Yeah, we'll play a little bit of Star Wars Lost Stars for you. There's you know there's tons of Star Wars books. The some of the older series though the whatever it's called Legends or whatever that is you know uh, that that isn't canon anymore. But I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually trying to read uh, the last. Uh, second to the last legacy of the force book right now uh with the you know ben and jason and jane and all that stuff um that um it's good it's it's good i'm reading that actually on my ipad that's got too many things too many things i'm reading all at once which i never used to do actually i i I never never ever in the in the old days i never would read multiple books at the same time so i've got a paperback going i've got uh one on my iPad going, uh, the, not the same book, and, and an audio book going. Uh, so, yeah, so there's that. But, um, but the, uh, yeah, some of the older Star Wars books are not, uh, they're not all on Audible, for example. Also, be a little careful. Um, I don't know about you, whoever's listening to this, you, you know, people out there, but there are some of the audio book versions, audio book versions that are um, abridged occasionally. Not a lot, but some of the Star Wars books I've noticed are abridged. So I have a problem with that myself. I don't like to, um, I want to read the whole book, basically. I don't want to read, you know, them. someone arbitrarily cutting out, you know, bits of a book. That always seemed like a weird thing to me. If you're going to, if you're going to spend the time to do a book, whether, you know, you, you do an audio of it, uh, I, I don't get abridged copies of things. I've never, I've never understood that at all. I'm sure, yeah, books can have things cut out of them. Like my wife is reading um, the uh, Outlander books, right? You guys know those. I've never read any of those books, and I know there's the TV show and all that. But she's been kind of commenting lately on the last. I don't know which book she's on. She's sort of near the end of this of the series. Where I know the series, I think, is still going. She's still writing books. But but Lynn, my wife, has commented that these books are just like they go on and on and on like, you know, oh, my God. She says they're they're just not much is happening in it. And she's she's and she's a huge reader. She reads even more than I do, probably. Um, but um, but for her to say that uh, is pretty telling. And uh, so I guess I could understand, you know, maybe abridging those books might be a good idea. 
But for me, most of the books I read are not huge like that. I, I mean, if a series gets boring like that or, or long for me, I stop. And uh, I did that with the Wheel of Time thing, although I've mentioned that a million times and mentioned also that I want to go back to it someday. So let us play, like going back to what I was saying, I, I just wanted to warn you guys, uh, some of the audiobooks out there and the Star Wars ones I've noticed in particular, some of the older ones, um, are not full uh, audio copies of the books themselves. So keep that in mind. Uh, if you go back and try to, to audio book anything on Audible with older Star Wars books, like, for example, Legacy of the Force, I think is one of them, that series. So let me play a little of Lost Stars for you guys. Like he could do no wrong. Like all the constellations had finally aligned to guide him out. His parents said their goodbyes at the house and didn't bother taking him to the spaceport. It was a relief. Boarding the vessel to Coruscant was even more satisfying because Sienna was there too, though she remained on the boarding ship ramp hugging her parents so long that the captain threatened to leave her behind. Thane and she had become a team to get into the academy. It was only right that they should arrive there together. Best of all was the moment when the transport shuddered into hyperspace, their first experience of light speed, and the two of them grinned at each other in total delight. Then they arrived on Coruscant and it was like getting punched in the face. Thane had always known Jellucan was a backwater world. Hollows told him the galaxy was far bigger and more sophisticated than anything he'd ever had the chance to see before. So he'd thought he was prepared. Yeah, so that's a good one, and it uh, looks like there's even a book on here um, that's a, sort of a prelude book uh, to um, the uh, Solo movie, so check that out. Uh, I just skipped off that page where I tell you the name of it. <laughs> looks like it features uh, Han Solo and, and Kira on, on uh, Coruscant, not sorry, not Coruscant, Corellia, uh, prior to the Solo movie, so... All right, let's move on to another cool series that I've listened to over the last couple of years. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. Some of these I've mentioned before, uh, but I'm going to get to some other stuff I, I know I haven't mentioned. Uh, this book is um, it is called, the first book in the series, it's a trilogy, uh, is called Time Bound. It's by an author named Risa Walker, Risa, R-Y-S-A, uh, Walker, uh, narrated by Kate Rudd. Uh, it's, it's book one of the Kronos Files, and this is a time travel story uh, that's really very well done. Um, I've, I've read a lot of time travel stuff, seen a lot of movies involving time travel, TV series, movies. Uh, and this is probably, in my opinion, actually one of the most, let's say, um, well done and it makes sense um, time travel stories. And there's a lot of time travel in here. It's not like they... They, they kind of pop around a lot. And, and the basic premise of it is, is sometime in the future, time travel is created, but it, time travel is, um, there's only certain people, certain people with a per particular thing in their genetic makeup and genetic code that allows them to use these devices, these small little devices that they create that allow them to jump. Um, they can jump um, through time, back and forth, and to particular locations, not just wherever they are. Like if I'm in Michigan, I could jump back, say, five years, and, and also uh, they have these things called stable points. If I had a stable point set for like Los Angeles, like a, a particular point that I would go back to, stable points are supposed to be points that are 
that don't change throughout time. Like in other words, they don't get a building thrown on them. They don't um, have a mountaintop mountain show up or, you know, river. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's a, in essence, it's a safe spot that people can jump in and out of. Um, so uh, this series, though, there's, of course, um, there's this uh, young woman, uh, Kate, uh, that uh, I think when you first meet her, she's in like late high school and she becomes the main character or the main protagonist. And she's trying to stop some bad people from doing some bad things, because when you can time travel, right, the, the, the idea and the premise with time travel always is that you could mess up the current you know, state of things if you go back in the past and, and change something drastically, right? So unlike other time stories where they try not to do that, there's there's some people here that are trying to do that. And, and Kate, and with some help from others, is trying to stop them. So that's a basic premise of it. I'll play a sample. This is, a, again, a great series. Uh, I think it's technically y, young YA or whatever, young adult. Uh, it, but I've talked about that comment before i've commented about ya or young adult novels it, it to me there's a very little distinction sometimes between a ya book and uh, a regular book i i don't know i've enjoyed this maybe maybe i'm young at heart right i don't know and there's a little bit of romance kind of young romance in this book but nothing um <laughs> as chris clemente likes to say i don't i don't remember i don't think there's any book sex so uh, so you don't have to worry about that, Chris. You can read this. Uh, but uh, it, it's, you know, teen, teen type, you know, you know, oh, he's so cute kind of. But they don't overdo that. I don't want to emphasize that. But there is a little bit of that. And and part of that is the circumstances. It's, it's a very there's a lot of um, things happening and, and very intense situations. And and that, you know, of course, always leads to these kinds of things. Um, so. But great stuff, and here is a little bit of Time Bound by Risa Walker. Before my grandmother's sudden reappearance, I hadn't seen her for more than a decade. There were a few yellowed photographs of the two of us in an old album. But to me, she was simply someone who sent money for birthdays and Christmas. And someone my mom doesn't like. This is so typical, Mom said as we stepped off the subway. Mother breezes into town and demands an audience. Never mind that we might have other plans. I didn't have other plans, and I was pretty sure Mom didn't either. But I also knew that probably wasn't the point. A slightly chilly breeze greeted us as the escalator reached street level, and we stepped onto Wisconsin Avenue. Mom raised her arm to hail a taxi, but it pulled over to take another passenger. The restaurant is only a few blocks away, I said. We could be there by the time... These heels hurt my feet. She glanced around, but seeing that there were no other cabs in sight, she gave in. Fine, Kate, we'll walk. Why did you buy heels in the first place? I thought you didn't care about her opinion. She scowled at me and began down the sidewalk. Could we move it, please? I don't want to be late. I really wasn't. Yeah, that's probably not the best feel for that book. That's between Kate and her mom a little. They're going to see her, her grandmother, her mom's mom. But um, it gives you a feeling for the voice, at least. But it's a really good series. Highly recommended. If you want something that's time travel, uh, that has a, a, a unique way of doing it, that's that's really pretty believa believable, if, if you can say that, um, check it out. All right. Um, I don't know if I talked about this before. I know I did when the series was going on on Netflix. I think they're doing another season, too. But uh, I wanted to mention Altered Carbon. 
by Richard K. Morgan. Uh, this um, There's a series of these books. I've only read slash listened to the first one, uh, which is called Altered Carbon, and it is by Richard K. Morgan, uh, narrated by Todd McLaren. I really enjoy this book a lot. Uh, I um, I didn't. I'd heard things about it before. The series came uh, the uh, the series on Netflix, which I feel is very, was very good as well, uh, although a bit different than the book. Uh, but that's always the case, right? Uh, and uh, but I thought they captured the the feel of it pretty good for the series. So um, so yeah, this is good. It's set in the future. The the, the one of the basic premises of this book is that in the in the far flung future that you can, no one ever really quite dies. You have this sort of like computer uh, module chip thing in the back of your head, kind of that um, is is in is in essence everything you are, all of your memories, your feelings, your emotions. It's you. It's the essence of you, except for your body. You know, it's basically you, but not your body. And what this allows them to do is that. Um, you can almost, if you've got money and enough, um, whatever, uh, you can you can live on. You can get a new body. You could genetically grow like a body that's just like the one you have and just keep using that, or you can pop into a different one. Uh, it's it, hard to explain completely. There's a lot of uh, interesting things that happen with that because the character uh, sometimes in, in these in these books, or the, not just the main character, but people that he runs into sometimes can change from man to woman. Uh, it, it's basically um, gets a little um, uh, interesting in the fact that you don't all always know who you're talking to. And, and uh, boy, I feel like I'm not doing a good job of explaining it. But but the p- bottom line of it is, is that um, there's a murder and he's investigating it, this one guy. And, uh, and, and you can be, if you're, if you get in trouble with the law, you basically, you get, what they call put on ice you're not even actually living at the time you just sort of like get put away and like you know it's almost like think of like a flash drive they just sort of set the flash drive aside for 300 years or something like that and then they go okay your sentence is over and now you're back um but um it's super fascinating to me and and i and i feel like maybe one day hundreds and hundreds of years maybe thousands of years from now i i I do kind of think technology could get to the point where where the you know your your mental uh, you know state your brain whatever um, could be transferred your consciousness into something else, and or just even physically you know pop the brain out and put it into something uh, somebody else I don't know but um, it's very fascinating. There was that Johnny Depp movie that they sort of had this same well that piece of it what was that called It wasn't very good. Where the scientist had the ability to more or less download him his whole essence into a into the computer, right? That's been done a few times. So here is, I'm going to play a little bit of the audiobook for Altered Carbon for you, uh, narrated by Todd McLaren. Thunder from the concussed sky rolled in to rattle the windows. The woman in the bed stirred and swept the hair out of her eyes. The liquid crystal gaze found me and locked on. What are you looking at? Voice husky with a residue of sleep. I smiled a little. Don't give me that shit. Tell me what you're looking at. Just looking. It's time to go. She lifted her head and picked up the sound of the helicopter. The sleep slid away from her face, and she sat up in bed. Where's the where? It was a core joke, 
I smiled the way you do when you see an old friend and pointed to the case in the corner of the room. Get my gun for me. Yes, ma'am. Black or green? Black. I trust these scumbags about as far as a cling-film condom. In the kitchen, I loaded up the shard pistol, cast a glance at my own weapon, and left it lying there. Instead, I scooped up one of the H-grenades and took it back in my other hand. I paused in the doorway to the bedroom and weighed the two pieces of hardware in each part. Probably should have mentioned. It's not that critical, but yeah, there is some language in uh, in that book. Eh, a lot of books have that, and uh, it's it's there's a fair amount of violent sex in there, so it's uh, it's definitely an adult type of book, uh, although I don't feel that it's too heavy-handed on that. Um, but um, yeah, really interesting book. Well, one of the things about it is when you've got a, a future where consciousness can be moved from body to body, it, it, the it, it's easy for people to get pretty much blown away. So if you get if your body gets killed, as long as that little they call it the stack, uh, that little chip thing in the back of your brain, back in your head, um, as long as that doesn't get damaged, you can be brought back. You know, you you just. You know, they just pop that little sucker from there to another body, and you're you're good to go again. So, really interesting thing. It's a, it's a whole series of books. I gotta read, listen to the next one of that, and get get back into that because I really did enjoy the first one. All right. Um, most of these books I've been talking about so far are sci-fi. Uh, I also enjoy fantasy. There's um, I don't know the kind of literature this is called these days, but there's there's a, a whole subgenre of fantasy that involves like um, I think about Buffy the Vampire Slayer that involves vampires, werewolves, magic, uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. There I know there's a label for this kind of stuff. Maybe it doesn't matter. Probably not. Uh, but I, I've been reading that kind of thing for for quite a long time. I, I very much enjoyed Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I miss those kinds of shows. Uh, we we haven't. Um, we haven't really had much like that on, on television in a, in a while. Uh, and the, um, you know, there's, you know, the vampire diaries, that, that set of shows that I've, I've mentioned too, that I enjoyed, but there's a, uh, this one also involves a lot of magic. This series, there's a series, um, by an author named Kim Harrison, um, that features a main protagonist character. Who's a witch, uh, does magic obviously. Uh, and, um, her name is Rachel Morgan, but there's also a lot of like things like demons involved in the in these stories, uh, vampires, um, that kind of thing. I'm on like book. I think I just finished book eight recently, and uh, the um, the series is um, the Rachel Morgan series, also called The Hollows. Uh, it is set in the um, the Cincinnati, Ohio area. It's I guess in some undefined future time where. Where this is all commonplace, people, um, there's magic, uh, people, some people can do magic, some people uh, have that ability, some people are vampires, and so on. So, I, I like it a lot. There's there's pixies, and there's elves, and, and but they're m sort of like, not like out in a forest kind of setting, you know, not like high, what's called high fantasy, it's more urban fantasy. Maybe that's the label that these things get, where it's, um, it's not like back, you know, million a millennia ago kind of like a tolkien kind of fantasy right so there's cars and there's modern technology and computers and and magic and 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 you know somewhat um creatures that go bump in the night kind of stuff but it's very good i i like it a lot um there's there's a 
several series like this that are out there, lots of series. And uh, But this is a good one. Uh, Kim Harrison's the author. And let me play a little bit of this one for you. Uh, this will be from book eight in this series uh, by Kim. This book one's called, <clears throat> excuse me, Black Magic Sanction is this particular book in the series. Cellar to which access was through a rough hole in the floor. Smoky support beams, a good 40 feet up, came to a point over a central fire pit. The pit itself was a round, raised affair, with vent holes to draw the cold floor air in by way of simple convection. When it got going, it made a comfortable spot for reading, and when fatigue brought me down, Al let me nap on the benches bracketing it. Mr. Fish, my beta, swam in his little bowl on the mantle of the smaller fire in the fireplace. I don't know why I'd brought him from home. It had been Ivy's idea. And when an anxious vampire tells you to take your fish, you take your fish. Al cleared his throat and I jumped, fortunately having pulled my quill from the parchment an instant before. Done. Thank God. Good? I asked, holding it up for inspection. And his white-gloved, thick-fingered hand pinched it at the edge where it wouldn't smear. He eyed it, my tension easing when he handed it back. Passable. Now the bowl. Passable. That was usually as good as it got. And I set the painstakingly scribed bit of paper beside the unlit candle. Yeah, so that's fun, fun series there. And like I said, there's uh, there's other uh, there's other fantasy uh, series that I, I I've listened to as well. Uh, there's um, a group, uh, one called by Patricia Biggs. I've only read the first or listened to the first one, Moon Called. Uh, it's a series uh, with the main character called Mercy Thompson. Uh, that's that's pretty. That was good. I enjoyed that. And there was another one. I think I finally finished the last book in the series of it. I'm trying to scroll through my list on Audible here. Um, the Riley Jensen series, uh, Moonsworn, uh, was the last book, I think, in that that I've listened to. That's by Carrie Arthur. Carrie Arthur, sorry. Uh, that's really good uh, to, uh, as well. And then there was one other that I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah, by Janine Frost. Um, this is uh, the Night Huntress series at Gravesend. Uh, that was book three of the series. Uh, but anyway, just look up Janine Frost uh, and you'll find those. Those are really good. I, I like those quite a bit too. The um, Another one that I wanted to mention, I'm going to be wrapping this up pretty soon, I think. A couple left that I wanted to mention. Uh, the um, I don't know if I'm going to play. I won't play any of this one, but uh, Patrick Rothfuss. Patrick Rothfuss, R-O-T-H-F-U-S-S. The Name of the Wind, King, King Killer Chronicle, book one. Good book, really interesting. Uh, I recommend it. He's got, that's another series. Every book is a freaking series. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard when every book is a series, right? You, you start 12, you, you read 12 books and you're into 12 series, right? So um, I did want to play a little bit of audio from this one that I listened to not too long ago. Um, I was a big fan of the X-Files TV series, still am, uh, and there are a couple of audiobooks out there with the original actors doing doing the book. It's not super long. This one's called uh, The X-Files Cold Cases. I think there's a second one, um, but David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson do the audio for their characters, and it's just a lot of fun to listen to. All the other character, uh, a lot of the other actors are back. 
Mitch Pileggi, William B. Davis, the Lone Gunman. If you know the X-Files, you know who I'm talking about. But let me play a little sample from this. This one's only like four hours or so long. It's it's separate little stories somewhat, but they're all kind of connected. Uh, I think there's maybe four main parts to this one. Uh, but uh, yeah, the X-Files cold cases. And here's a sample from this on audio uh, from Audible. From Audible Studios, The X-Files, Cold Cases. Mulder, pick up the phone. Mulder and Scully are back, embroiled in new battles with alien hybrids and shadowy government conspiracies. Get this, they're bound at the wrist. What kind of worm knows how to lock manacles, Scully? You're breaking up, Mulder. I'm a long way into the sewer, just taking a closer look at these bodies. Whoa! Help me! Scully, I got a live one here. Mulder, listen. This thing is a quick healer. If you found more than one host, there may be more of the creatures. Help me! It's them! What's happening? This host is still very much human, Scully, but we now have fluke men crawling out of every inlet of this sewage chamber. No! Fluke men? How many are there? The truth is out there. You just have to listen. Yeah, so that's fun. That's a lot of fun to listen to, uh, you know, the original actors there. These are these look like they came out like two or three years ago. There's a second one in that in that set, too, with the actors back as well. Uh, right now I'm listening to another good one. If you want some non um, some nonfiction stuff to listen to, especially for the Star Trek people and Star Trek fans out there, there's um, there's a series out there. Um, the 50-year mission about Star Trek. Uh, they did uh, Edward Gross and Mark Altman. Uh, they did this uh, where they covered the first 25 years of Star Trek history, pretty much original series up to next gen, and, and some of the you know some of the movies. And then the one I'm listening to right now is um, the 50-year mission, the next 25 years from the next generation to J.J. Abrams. It's really fascinating because it's they get a lot of um, they get a lot of quotations and, and comments from people who worked on next gen uh you learn about a lot of the behind the scenes difficulties they had in their early years especially with the writing staff changing over a lot so if you want to if you want to listen to and hear about star trek how it got where it is throughout the you know the various series uh this is really really interesting to listen to it's 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 pretty long this book is let's see it's 34 hours long total uh, you get a lot for your money with this one. I'm at um, I'm about ten or eleven hours in. Got twenty three hours left. So, uh, but it's 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 the the cool thing about it is it um, is you get a lot of perspectives on the series and from different angles, producers, writers, uh, directors, uh, like they've been talking. You know, actors, uh, Jonathan Frakes talking about how he got his directing start on Next Gen. It's not the keep in mind though. It isn't the actors or any of the behind the scenes people actually audio speaking their parts it's it's they got people though that kind of sound a little bit like them for like marina certes for example she has a british accent so that that kind of fits actually it sounds a lot like her truthfully um they don't do that in completely intentionally uh but but some of the people who have distinctive accents uh to the english speaking you know listeners uh, they got people that kind of sound like the people. So, uh, but it's it's really fascinating to read uh, or listen to. So I, I recommend that. 
The other one that I wanted to point out that that there's a double podcast, two podcasts over on Anomaly, the Anomaly podcast with uh, with Jen and Angela. Uh, we did it, or I did a show with with Jen and Rick Pete, where we talked about this uh, book called Skyward by Brandon Sanderson, and uh, you know one of my um, favorite authors, right? That I was talking earlier about that other book, Steelheart series. Uh, this Skyward series, uh, I, I'm not going to play anything because I think I want to wrap up the show today. But um, but this this is really a, a good book. So if you really want to hear what we, the three of us, thought about it, go over to Anomaly and, and listen to those podcasts because it's, uh, it's, it's really great. I, I, I very much enjoyed it. I, I'm looking forward to the next book in the series and the um, potential movies is, is, or potential movies out there. Uh, is pretty likely, but I got a bunch of books, uh, in like, um, in my wish list here, other Brandon Sanderson. And I want to, I want to listen to read that discovery of witches, which is a series on TV. Now I got other star Wars books in here, some fantasy dragon books, uh, a guy named Jack, Jack Campbell, uh, the daughter of dragons, uh, Dan Brown. I, I do like Dan Brown books. Something called Galaxy's Edge by Jason Anspach. Uh, the Trap Mine Project by Michael Chatfield. Uh, Ember of Ashes is another book. Uh, the Passage I threw in here because I, I, I did listen to, or sorry, listen to. Ugh, too many things. Um, the Passage, I enjoyed the TV show, so I'd like to listen to the book. Uh, it's 36 hours for book one. Jeez. Um... There's a there's sort of a Buffy Vampire Slayer type of book called Slayer Book One, uh, and just just so many things. Uh, I just threw one on here that looked interesting. That's sort of a Blade Runner kind of book. It looks like uh, set in that kind of a of a universe by Rosa Montero. Uh, Tears in Rain. It's called. It looked interesting, so I put it on my wish list for Audible. So just so many great things to read. Um, I know a lot of people don't have time these days. Like I was mentioning earlier, it's always hard to carve out time. But I, I think books are are great to to just relax with and enjoy. And, and also, they're they're. I, I think the more that uh, that you read or listen to books, I think that it it expands your mind and gives you better language capabilities. And and just it, it it's. I can't imagine not reading anymore. You know, they always throw out the. If you were tra- you were trapped on a deserted island or a desert island, you know what would you want with you? What would you you know? And I you know I would like to have books. <laughs> would be besides food, good drinking water, shelter. Uh, I, I I books to me would be a great way to to just while away the hours if you were trapped somewhere like that. You know, you watch television, you movies, you know, one of the things that they always show if you if it's there's a prison situation involved is they're always handing those people books. Right. You're sitting in a cell for the whole day. I I don't. Well, first off, that's crazy. Uh, (laughs) I'll never be a criminal because that scares me to death to do to be locked up like that. But the um, but that's not why I'm not a criminal. Ah, I'm I'm digressing or, or but the the tangent is, you know, books are, are a great thing. And uh, I don't know if I'm really trying to cheerlead everyone to read books. But, oh, one last thing I wanted to mention. So in my uh, my quest to get how I said that quest for reading some of these older Indiana Jones books, I discovered that 
and I don't know if I ever knew about this. They were put out in the 80s. There's a whole series of, do you guys remember um, books? They were popular. I don't know if anyone still really does these very much, but they're sort of like choose-your-own-adventure books. So they're very thin little paperbacks, but they're called Find Your Fate Adventures, Indiana Jones. Like I'm looking at one sitting here on my desk, Indiana Jones and the Legion of Death by Richard Wenk. Uh, Wink? W-E-N-K. Anyway, it's book six in this series. I think there's like 16 or 17 of them. But I discovered these through um, I'm not part of a Raiders of the Lost Ark or Indiana Jones group on Facebook. And people were talking about these. And I'd never, I'd never heard about them. Somehow I missed them. So I've been trying to kind of collect them now via eBay or Amazon. There's a couple that you can find on Amazon through booksellers. I found this place called Thrifty Books. Uh, keep that in mind, Thrifty Books. Um, that has some used old books, paperbacks, and things that you can get for a pretty good price, I thought. So, um, yeah, ton of stuff out there to read. Uh, try to read. If you got little kids, read to your kids. My, my sons both are readers, so I'm happy about that, especially my older son. He's, uh, he's <laughs> it's like that song. He's turned out just like me. He's, he's a big reader. We, we, we compare notes on comics, compare notes on books these days. We're always saying, hey, read this, read that to each other. So um, it's a great thing, and I know if you get kids started on book reading, I, that's why I was saying earlier, you know, I started at a young age, and it stuck with me. Uh, I think a lot of things that kids start uh, at a young age, it, it's habits that you'll, you know, keep with you forever. So, all right, there's Rico's uh, <laughs> pitch for reading. Uh, pitch for reading. Uh, and I think our library, our local library here, has a book sales this week. Makes me want to go over there and buy a bag of books that I'll spend the next you know, five years reading. Okay, everyone, that is it for this week on Treks and Sci-Fi. Hope you enjoyed this a little different kind of show. Uh, I had fun. It, it, it's making me, you know, want to buy a bunch more books on Audible right now. <laughs> Although I, I, I buy faster than I read or even listen to. I've always got two or three that are um, audio books that I've not listened to yet that I haven't uh, uh, had chance to. Like there's a Star Wars book that I've got in my list here that I haven't... Um, that I haven't listened to yet. Which one is it? It's, uh, I was just looking at it here a second ago. Eh, where is it? Oh, there it is, Outcast. It's part of the Legend series, or Fate of the Jedi, sorry, Aaron Alston. I got out. I've been trying to finish Legacy of the Force first, so. Okay, next week, uh, I think Mark, Mark, my buddy Mark, classic movie guy, Mark will be here next week for a guest show. I think he's actually going to cover the Logan's Run movie. And I know we've covered that before. Don Ricardo covered it long ago, but I thought we could do another look at it. And Mark's going to do that, I think, next week on Treks and Sci-Fi. That is it for now. Hope you enjoyed this. I'll talk to everybody again soon. Take care. Enjoy, hopefully, the spring weather, wherever you might be. And uh, I'll talk to you again uh, in a couple of weeks. Bye.
This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.